0: tuning into the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning.
1: How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? Doing
0: quite well, thank you. Very good, very good. Trying to curtail the growth of government. That's a job and a half. Uh, Trying to to expand the uh, nature of liberty, that's a job too. But, uh, especially since my rule is, you have to have fun trying.
1: <laughs> Sometimes that's hard. <laughs> Sometimes some days,
0: some days you have to have self-deception. Yeah. But not today, no self-deception. We're going to really hit it hard. I'm going to start off with, uh, uh, you know, new legislation. Yeah. Oh, all right. Now, uh, just uh, visualize, you'll be back in Congress, and we hear about this bill. And I tell you, Daniel, take a, take a look at this. This doesn't sound good. And I'm going to read the title because I tell you, sometimes titles can tell you everything. So the title of this bill, and if we tell you who did, who's writing it, yeah. that gives you a strong strong hint. That's Kinsicker, And uh, he's not exactly a, a lover of liberty. No. Was, yeah. <laughs> so this joint resolution may be cited as the authorization for the use of force to defend america's allies resolution of 2022 don't we do that already about use of force don't we do that already but he has a rubber stamp rubber stamp to actually encourage the president to do more but uh you know the thing that struck me with this is you know I I still turn on all the channels and listen for three minutes and they get disgusted and go on. So when I listen to uh, the anti Biden uh, channels, uh, and they're Republicans basically, boy, they come down hard on him.
1: Yeah, they hate
0: him. And and how many times have we seen the reels where he's had moments of delay in his thought processes? (laughs) that's out there so what do we do we need to take care of this we need to protect against it let's give him a lot more power (laughs) so so i tell you what uh who's who's the smartest people in the in the room now so uh but of course the republicans haven't had a a a record of awards for being the smartest group (laughs) ever anyway they uh, have a different language but uh and they probably have a different social uh agenda but i tell you what um Uh, they uh, i i i I keep thinking how could the republicans mess up this year you know uh, but uh, they're capable of doing it they decide what we need to do to solve this problem is give war powers which are almost automatically which the presidents have anyway you know with executive order (laughs) and that began like it with with uh with truman yeah oh right after the world war ii after all that carnage the president just said, excellent, or we have a little police action activity. And not too many spoke out, yeah. Taft did.
1: Yeah, very few. <laughs> well, let's put up that first clip, and this is the announcement. Representative Adam Kinzinger introduces bill to allow U.S. military into Ukraine. That's a bit euphemistically stated, because essentially what it is, as you point out, it's an authorization. but it really means is World War III. The Kinzinger, strangely enough, <laughs> First of all, he's hated by the Republicans. He was big in favor of the impeachment of President Trump. Um, he's done a lot of very, very unusual things, uh, even on foreign affairs. And I use that word without uh, irony. Um, he's, he's not loved at all, but he, he, he introduces this piece of legislation. And as you point out, it, it's they, t- to guard the territorial integrity of our allies. Well, first of all, Ukraine is not an ally, technically speaking. Uh, We don't have a, it's not in NATO, we don't have a bilateral security agreement with Ukraine. So technically it doesn't even match the definition that he puts in there. But of course as you know Dr. Paul that doesn't matter. Let's put up the next clip. H.J. Res 83 is the title of the bill and of course everyone who likes talking to their representative it's not a bad idea to bring this to their attention of what a terrible idea it is. We don't usually take positions were allowed to occasionally and this is one in which we would take a position that is an absolutely horrible idea the authorization for use of military force to defend america's allies resolution go to the next one here's the part that i clipped out dr paul that's the operative part here's the actual specific authorization upon making a determination that the russian federation has used chemical biological or nuclear weapons in the territory of ukraine The president is authorized to use the armed forces of the United States as the president determines to be necessary and appropriate in order to, one, protect the national security interests of the United States with respect to Ukraine, of which there are none, and number two, to assist in defending and restoring territorial integrity to Ukraine. Dr. Paul, I would rename this bill Open Door to a False Flag Resolution because uh, that's what it is.
0: That sure looks like it. That's bad news. But, you know... uh, the one thing we have to give the president credit for, he's uh, pretty consistent on this issue. And, um, you know, when Bush wanted this authority back in 2002, you know, to go to war whenever he pleased, uh, Biden was all for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, As a senator. So he's consistent. He's been consistently owned by the deep state, you yeah. know, and the uh, military industrial complex. And his statement at that time Uh, regarding that resolution, I will vote for this because we should be compelling Iraq to make good on its obligation to the United Nations. Uh, but He believes in that stuff, but everybody believes in that stuff. I was told in the eighth grade that wonderful things happen at the... The League of Nations was given up. It's amazing I mean, that yeah. that came back from eighth grade. But this is United Nations. It'll it'll be much better, much more effective. Uh, and then then he goes on to say, approving this resolution does not mean that military action is imminent. It'll be later on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it did come. It came too. So uh, let's hope your prediction of of what kind of a disaster this could lead to it doesn't happen but uh, right now when you make these kind of mistakes uh, uh, they don't w- well what did Hillary say one time about well we, we can't just have all these weapons and not use them. <laughs> we have to we have to
1: y- y- make use of them, see how they work. Yeah that, that is that is an important point that you make there. That doesn't mean the war is going to happen right away and that will be the argument hey, we want to give the president all the tools he has, to deter Russia from doing what it's, you know, what it may do to deter this. This is just putting something out there, but in fact, we know we've seen how this game is played. It's moving the goalpost further, and he's an outlier. Um, uh, Kinzinger is an outlier. He's not loved by the Democrats, except when he's voting to impeach Trump. He's hated by the Republicans, so he's out there, but when he puts something like this on the table, even if it's at the far end of the table, that changes the debate. All of a sudden, we're talking about the use of force we're talking about the unthinkable, which is a nuclear war with Russia. And that's the purpose this serves. It expands the area of, uh, of acceptable discussion to include something as heinous, you know I mean? <laughs> I grew up in the Cold War, certainly you did. This is something that never we would have imagined, especially not something as relatively trivial as the borders of Ukraine. Uh, we feel terrible about what's happening to the people of Ukraine, but I don't believe that New York should be incinerated well, no, just kidding. <laughs> I don't believe the text is to be incinerated uh, because there's problems in Ukraine, but it just—it's it, just extraordinarily dangerous to add this into the debate. Is my, is my view? Yeah,
0: and you know this is uh, this is something that people don't realize how dangerous it is until it happens. They they figure that uh, uh, deterrence, you know, sanctions, and all this stuff that we've talked about uh, gives the uh, individuals who want credentials for being anti-war uh, to do things and, and forgetting about the un- unintended consequences. So that that is a big deal too, because <laughs> we hire a little while ago, the unintended consequence of all those sanctions on Russia, <laughs> Russia made a lot of money on this. Doubled, Yeah. And then the addition to that is we're paying a lot more money for our oil. So that isn't the only reason that's happening. But it's ironic that those two events are that, uh, you know, some of these plans don't work out. And sometimes rarely do they work out better for us. Most of the time they work out, they work out worse than happens because they think that, well, if we do this, we'll scare the Russians and they'll run back and it, uh, it'll be peace forever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, the one thing we do know about this conflict, and this this always happens in the fog of war, but false narratives are put forward, and we'll talk about one such in a little bit that's admitted by the Ukrainian government. It happens all the time. False flags, false narratives. If this bill passes, it will give an absolute green light for Ukraine that is on the ropes. I know that the U.S. media doesn't cover it this way, but anyone who looks at the maps, anyone who listens to Scott Ritter or Doug McGregor knows that Ukraine is not in great shape right now. And in fact, even some of the pro-Ukraine journalists, particularly from German, Julian Wopta, has talked about how things are going pretty badly. A Ukraine on the ropes views this as a lifeline, stage of false flags somewhere. Oh, that would never happen. That's conspiracy theory uh, material. No, because we know that it happened at least twice in Syria, in Kane Sheikhoun and in Duma. Two false flags uh, were, were planted with the assistance of some groups there Uh, All it takes is a false flag a false chemicals. It doesn't say what degree. Some chlorine gas leaks out somewhere. Boom. It's a green light for World War Three.
0: You know, the uh, the the American people were victims. And we frequently we compare foreign policy with the war against the people over COVID. And uh, and and that was very damaging. People suffered. People died. People uh, got sicker with the treatment and this sort of thing. But uh, in, the, in this uh, uh, reasoning why they need this power is, you know, the chemical warfare that must have, if if the chemicals are released, we yes to have immediate uh, authority to go in there and also nuclear weapons. I don't think, uh, hopefully, I hope the majority is right on this. Most people are anticipating that's going to happen, but there's hope. Uh, but the other one is the biological. That's yeah. really broad. And uh, we just saw a war against a... a virus. And right now, every day I read another article that the stats were fiction. Yeah. Oh, could that be true? Yes it could be true I, I believe that most of it was fictions it was slanted and and they used it just to uh, terrorize the people and but why why couldn't they use that if they're anxious to go someplace maybe maybe there'll be another little country next door or something yeah. oh there's a there's a virus here and it's going to move and we better we better do something we better declare war uh, against that biological because we hear that the Russians you know created that but it looks like to me, the Ukrainians are more capable or probably more involved in that type of biological uh, warfare, not warfare stretching, it, but biological experimentation that could be used in warfare.
1: Well, we know that now because we have all the labs on their territory, right? Yeah. We're over there building these things, so duh. You know, but it is a very dangerous, a very dangerous step, and, and we hope people will take the time uh, to mention that to the representatives. Uh, but speaking of dangerous, let's put up this next clip. Because this is equally dangerous, I think. U.S. begins to train Ukrainian troops in Germany. Again, regardless of how you feel about what's happening there, this is a step closer to direct confrontation with Russia, which will not end well. But we're sending tons of weapons over there. Everyone's sending tons of weapons over there. Let's do the next clip, actually, if you can. This is the uh, sentence that I pulled out of it. The U.S. is training 100 more Ukrainians on howitzer artillery systems, into Europe in a five-day course according to the Pentagon Washington said it will send 90 howitzers total to the embattled country as part of two security assistance packages worth 800 million each announced earlier this month what could go wrong
0: yeah not a, not a chance it's going to work out quite well you know they, they want to know who, who will defend you know against the Russians if if this gets really out of hand and I would like to say who will it be to step forward and voluntarily educate the people to the real history of, uh, of Ukraine? Yeah. And uh, yeah. the more I look at the history, the more uh, amazing it is, you know, especially since the West never wanted to, ne- never wanted to give individual sovereignty, you know, to Ukraine. And yeah. I think that's, that's pretty fascinating that, that that was actually our position for a period of time.
1: Yeah. Of course, everyone, there's some rumors that Poland has its eyes on part of Ukraine that it lost after World War II. So it's dangerous where, you know, we should be clear, we're teaching Ukrainians how to kill Russians and we're sending them the weapons to do that. If the shoe were on the other foot, if the Chinese or Russians were training people in Mexico how to kill Texans or Americans, uh, there would be an outcry and rightly so. So we need to stop, take a deep breath. Instead of listening to John Kirby being breathless every day, giving the briefing, we should stop and think about it. Is this really the direction we want to go? And how far will Russia's patience go before something even worse happens?
0: I haven't heard any comments on this. and I, I bring it up mainly because I think there's a misconception from the beginning of our history about what the National Guard is all about versus militias. Uh-huh. And the National Guard is nothing more than an arm of the federal uh, military forces. So, uh, but the Florida National Guard is the one involved in all this training and uh, it, because, because that's an issue that will split conservatives yeah. because they're not, uh, you can be a very good conservative on a lot of the issues issues like the governor of Florida is. I, have, I don't know his foreign policy he's on He's very that. hawkish.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. very hawkish. So
0: he, he's not going to worry about then, if he's very hawkish, he's not going to worry about the National Guard being involved. But technically, well, we shouldn't be doing it, but, but our states should be compelled to take their, uh, the, the, the uh, remnant of the militia principle yeah. and use it to train <laughs> uh, train somebody in Germany to pursue war. See, and that makes no sense. That's where I, I think uh, I, I'm afraid more conservatives are uh, on that side of that, the wrong side of that, than on the right side.
1: And one way that <coughs> might be to, to put a bit of a wedge in there, uh, and that, again, it, 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 it feeds on some prejudices, but we, you can make the point that we're sending these guys to, to help defend borders 5,000 miles away. Well, we've got borders a couple hundred miles away that yeah. are completely wide <coughs> open. And I think some, some conservatives, I think that might resonate with. And, of course, we may not want to go as far as they do with building 800-foot walls. But but still, at the same time, it's obvious that borders should be defended. Well, here's the the next one we want to talk about. If we can put it up. This came out over the weekend. And this was a big thing when the war started. The ghost of Kiev. There is a fighter pilot in the Ukrainian Air Force who shot down 40 Russian pilots. The greatest pilot since... (laughs) Snoopy in Peanuts, right? (coughs) Great fighter pilot. Well, it turns out the heroic Ghost of Kiev fighter doesn't actually exist, Ukraine admits. It's a myth. And let's put the next one on if you can because this is from the same article. The Ghost of Kiev is a superhero legend whose character was created by the Ukrainians, Ukraine's Air Force Command wrote on Facebook. The reputed hero had been credited with taking out as many as 40 Russian aircraft, until he was shot down on March 13th while battling an overwhelming number of enemy forces. The Times of London had reported and this is the this brings us to why we're bringing it up because all of the so-called serious anti-disinformation mainstream websites like Times of London all of the ones in the U.S. they wrote about this as if it was the gospel. This is an absolute real thing it's unbelievably how heroic this is all fake news all disinformation they passed the disinformation not us and here now this is like you know when you have an, when you have a headline on page 1 sensationalist headline and then 3 weeks later on page A20 well we were wrong in this whole story you know the correction is never never so in the early part of the war dr Paul they had to establish these narratives and this was key to establishing the narrative that continues to this day
0: and this Tells us how corrupt this whole argument over the First Amendment is, because <clears throat> you know if if the market was working and people respected and understood the First Amendment, and somebody did something like this, they would encourage the debate. Yeah, you know there there. But right now, if you put it out, uh, and there were. I don't know how early this came out because it moved so quickly. But uh, let's say you did, you got canceled. You might lose your ability to publish, you know, on a website, on social media. So this is... uh, this does really make the point, you, the important point, as you say, that uh, this, this is really the issue. Who's to determine this? And, uh, but uh, they claim that right now they're talking about uh, how if uh, the people like us who have this t- type of an opinion about the First Amendment, that, uh, that we're, we're the enemy, we're the Nazis, you know, we're yeah. the book burners. You know, if if uh, if uh, they uh, do do that, if you if you wa- if you don't want to have the truth out there, then then, then you're, you're you're a good guy. But if you want the truth out there, you're the one that's disrupting the First Amendment. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, uh, that's the problem there. So I think it is. Uh, it should alert uh, people to do this and. Uh, It did the old saying about, it's a Nazi saying, you know, the bigger the lie, the more gullible the people are. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time trying to digest it because there was only one story and it moved quickly. I thought, boy, there's something really strange about that. but, But now it's strange to me is how in the world did we ever get the truth out? That we ought to try to learn a lesson. Uh, who, who was was there one individual that
1: finally did this? And if that's the case, uh, uh, he he sh- he or she should be complimented. Yeah, but it doesn't matter now because they've already established yeah. the narrative. Yeah. You don't get credit if you if you do it. You know. They won't. Clear. They won't publish the, yeah. the correct. That's sort of like the newspapers. Nobody the cares about the yeah, corrections on tiny. the 37th page. But in really practical terms, this piece of disinformation, admitted disinformation. Had a real practical effect on Congress. It affected the votes of members of Congress. And there were plenty of them that retweeted all of these heroic stories about the ghost of Kiev, uh, repeated it over and over, and it affected how they voted. We've got to support, we've got to send more equipment, we've got to send more money. Hundreds of billions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, now 33 billion is coming. How much of it was affected by disinformation? I don't think Homeland Security is going to look into this kind of disinformation. And the other thing is, you remember early on, at the beginning of the war, retweeted and retweeted and retweeted was President Zelensky in the trenches, in his camo, in his military gear. This is a, this is a leader who leads his men. He doesn't hide behind. Well, it was all fake because that was, those pictures were taken over a year earlier in a photo shoot misrepresented as Zelensky being in the trenches with his troops. Again, the same thing when you start a war, and I'm sure we have some agencies that were involved in framing the issue around the beginning of this war. Heroic president, heroic fighter pilots, we have to support them. Plucky, they're just like us Americans fighting for their freedoms. All of it, no, all of it was disinformation designed to affect an emotional response among Americans.
0: The shortcoming is nothing brand new. It just gets sometimes worse, and you don't think it should. But what about that leading up to the Iraq war and Saddam yeah. Hussein? There they go, and they they hired somebody who lived in the United States. She was part of the embassy here, and she she testified and told about how the incubators, Saddam Hussein and his crowd was ripping these incubators away and letting the babies die. Yeah, yeah. She never even left this country. She, it was just the biggest bold line. And once again, that was that. was I, I bet you a lot of people remember that story and they probably say, oh yeah, I remember we had to do something with Saddam Hussein. Do you remember what he did to the
1: babies? Yeah. He a monster. She was the daughter of the uh, Kuwaiti ambassador to the US <laughs> and they didn't know it. And she was working with a public relations firm. And in fact, there's a great article, I don't have it in front of me, but the Ukrainian government has hired dozens of PR firms working around inside the beltway and you can better believe that they're they're creating the same kinds of narratives. So, yeah, we have a disinformation problem, but it's different than the one that Nina Jankowicz is gonna be looking into, right? Yeah. Very different. But yeah. so we wanna finish up with something that really got your goat, <laughs> and this is your favorite speaker of the house. Uh, she is upset about bullying, and she did a conference uh, last month, well, in March, about it, and she also brought it up again when she went to Kiev. Yeah,
0: generally speaking, I don't like to personalize the issue. I think it distracts from the importance of the of the of the subject that we're talking about. But uh, lately, I've been more willing and, and more annoyed by the speaker, and uh, this is. This is something that uh, just really bugs me because uh, she had a they had a conference in uh, March and they had it that uh, the country has to be better off and the Democrats will lead the charge. And uh, it, those bad guys, the Trump people are a bunch of bullies, bullies. and all <laughs> that stuff. So uh, but she was over there talking to Zelensky and uh, she was sort of lecturing him uh, about we will stop. The bullying, you know, <laughs> and and, uh, and then I got to thinking, I, I think she might qualify as not only a bully, but she might be one of the biggest bullies, especially since uh, uh, she's uh, able to hide it a little bit better, and uh, her her character is a little bit different. But you know, just just think of her power. Yeah, I know they don't follow all the rules because they have executive orders and they have Federal Reserve and they finance whatever they want and they go to war without. But but the House is supposed to, and to a degree, they're supposed to control tax bills and spending bill. So that means every bill, you know, she can cancel any bill she wants. Yeah. And I, believe me, that's what that's what uh, management of the. the political system is like you get bullied around you either do it or you, you know you'll never get a penny and we won't help you and we'll cancel you and we'll get you kicked out of the Congress and they do all sorts of things and she's very capable of that so her type of bullying I, I think uh,
1: she should be called on it <laughs> <laughs> well some bullies are worse than others yeah. they tried to bully you for a while but it didn't work right? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm going to close out uh, again, it's a Monday morning so I'm going to remind everyone of our conference coming up if you can put that last one up. Um, every day this picture gets more relevant but the Biden Doctrine New World Order or Nuclear Armageddon June 4th in Houston. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org and you'll find a link where you can find out more about the conference. Um, right now we're 90% sold out. Nine out of 10 tickets have been sold. We've only got a small handful left. No word on whether we can get some extra seats but um, it's getting down to the wire, so you're not going to want to miss it, if you, especially if you're around the area. If you're anywhere within you know, a couple of hours of Houston, if you're in Texas, got a lot of supporters in Texas, Dr. Paul. And we'd love to see you. Uh, we'd love to get together. So check it out, and you're going to meet some great people, hear some great speeches, and just get together with like-minded people. I mean, that's the real mm. takeaway from it. So we hope to see you there in June.
0: You know uh, th- throughout history one of the big debates has always been uh, truth who's t- who's telling the truth and who's doing the lying it isn't like it was just invented uh, uh, by uh, the republicans and the democrats in the last hundred years it- it's been around for a long time uh, probably uh, history of mankind it's people seeking out uh, the truth and uh People who uh, care about it, they, they have to do a little bit of studying to understand it. But the big pro- problem is is what we're talking about here is uh, when you send the, the policeman out there or the monitor or the people to suggest what truth is, they become, you, you know, the arbiter that's doing the lying. And uh, it's its sort of like a, a crooked policeman, you know, somebody who's supposed to you, you intellectually police the system and tell what is right and they're on but they're doing, distorting it because their their whole belief is totally contrary to this. And uh, then when you have a police force and uh, like our judicial system, you thinking you want to hope and uh, you know. There was a period of time in my life, I had a lot more confidence in the policing activities at the national level, like the FBI. Uh, they, they were held in high esteem, and there's probably still some that deserve it. But I tell you what, it's not a good solution at all. And uh, when, when you think of the terrible things that's happened since we've had a CIA and how much activity has been going on, we're in all these countries. It's just even the coup in, in Ukraine. We know the, uh, the CIA was involved in that. They didn't hide from it. They don't even hide from it anymore. And uh, that's one budget I never got to view. You know, I never saw, saw the budget. And even, even if they showed you some papers, they're not going to tell you because there's probably plenty of financing done with a black budget, and that is the Federal Reserve. So finding the truth is one thing, but there's no reason implementing it and dealing with it in a political sense is difficult. I, but I just don't think that it's difficult to understand the difference between a higher law and people who have no concept of what right and wrong is. And they become nihilists, and they become to the point where they become the arbiter and they become the designer of what is truth. And uh, they, they actually believe that is truth once they decide it. Governments do this. Politicians do it. And then once they say it, uh, they, if they have power behind it, then that is what the truth is. But I think most people know the difference and I think they should be encouraged uh, to be willing to stand up and defend the truth because it's far superior to listening to this constant lying and innuendos and people taking advantage of it politically and gaining power and gaining